Section 17 of Birds and Nature, Volume 8, Number 4, November 1900. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tavarish. The Pronghorned Antelope. Antilocapra Americana. The antelope family comprises many of the most beautiful and graceful species among horned animals. When we behold the curiously twisted horns of the sassin, the long sharp horns of the passan, the large spiral horns of the kudu, and the shorter horns of the eland, not to mention the graceful bodies and limbs of these animals, we are led to wonder at the extravagance of nature in furnishing such a variety of appendages to these creatures. By far the larger number of species of this family live in Africa and Asia, where they have reached the highest development of structure. They are not, like some families of mammals, confined to any one particular locality, but are found on the plains and high up on the mountains, in a country sparsely covered with vegetation and in the thick forests, in marshes and bogs. In fact, they seem to inhabit all varieties of country. While the family is thus diversified in habitat, the different species are by no means so widely distributed, for while some species, like the sassin, live only on the open plains, others, like the chamois, live high up on the mountains, frequently above the snow line. The subject of our sketch, the prong-horned antelope, Antilocapra americana is not as large nor so strikingly horned as the other animals which have been mentioned. In fact, so different is its structure, having hollow pronged horns which do not increase by continuous growth as do those of the true antelopes, but are shed like those of the deer family, and having a somewhat different structure of feet and different texture of hair, that a family has been made for it, known as Antilocapridae. The pronghorn ranges throughout the western part of North America from the Missouri River to the Pacific Ocean and from the Saskatchewan River south to the Rio Grande. It is not confined to the plains, but has been found in the wild valleys of the Rocky Mountains to a height of over 8,000 feet above sea level. The daily life of this interesting animal is thus described by Kenfield, who made an exhaustive study of them and who also kept them in captivity. Quote, From the 1st of September to the 1st of March, one always sees them in larger groups composed of bucks, does, and yearlings. Shortly afterward, the does individually retire from these herds and give birth to their young. After a short interval, they again unite with other suckling does and their little calves, possibly with a view to common defense against the wolf and coyotes. The adult bucks roam about singly or two together, leaving the mothers with their latest progeny to their fate, the young pronghorns, in the meantime, gathering in groups of their own, apart from the older animals. Apparently tired of the world and bored by society, the old bucks wander about 
for one or two months frequenting localities in which they are not ordinarily seen two or three months subsequently the adolescent bucks again join the old does and their calves and finally the old bucks also put in an appearance so that one can observe herds numbering hundreds or sometimes even thousands after the first of september a herd never leaves its native locality or roams over more than a few miles of range in dry summer weather they seek water and go to drink regularly once a day or twice in three days but if the grass is fresh and green as is the case during the greater part of the year the pronghorns do not drink at all the food of the antelope consists to a great extent of the short succulent herbage of the prairie of moss and also to a limited extent of the young and tender branches of trees like many other ruminants this animal is passionately fond of salt and they will remain about saline deposits for many hours satisfying themselves by licking the salty ground the antelope is the swiftest runner of any animal in north america though perhaps less agile and speedy than some of its relatives in the old world it has been said by competent observers that so swiftly do they run that it is absolutely impossible to distinguish their limbs the senses of the antelope are unusually developed their sight is exceedingly keen and their hearing very acute their sense of smell is so well developed that no danger can possibly approach from the windward side when a herd is feeding sentinels are placed on the outskirts to scent any impending danger and to give due warning to the herd their curiosity is one of their most peculiar qualities and seems to overshadow every other sense for a number of years this graceful animal has been considered royal game for the sportsman and a good round-up of antelopes is considered a great achievement among hunters mr g o shields in his interesting book hunting in the great west very vividly describes a hunt for antelopes and we cannot better illustrate the peculiarities of the animal than by giving his pen sketch Quote, we had heard from some ranchmen along the way that the buffalo herd was at this time grazing about fifteen to twenty miles up the big porcupine and knowing that antelopes are nearly always found hanging on the outskirts of every large herd of bison we were on the lookout for them for it would not seem at all strange to find them near the stage trail on which we were travelling we scanned the country closely with the field glass and were finally rewarded by seeing a number of small white spots on the dead grass away up the porcupine that seemed to be moving we rode toward them at a lively trot for perhaps a mile and then stopped to reconnoiter again from this point we could plainly distinguish them though they looked to be about the size of jackrabbits we again put the rowels to our donkeys and rode rapidly up to within about a mile of them when we picketed our animals in a low swale 
took out our antelope flag a piece of scarlet calico about half a yard square attached it to the end of my wiping stick and were ready to interview the antelopes i crawled to the top of a ridge within plain view of the game and planted my flag the breeze spread it out kept it fluttering and it soon attracted their attention they were then near the bank of the river grazing quietly but this bit of colored rag excited their curiosity to a degree that rendered them restive anxious uneasy and they seemed at once to be seized with an insatiable desire to find out what it was an antelope has as much curiosity as a woman and when they see any object that they don't quite understand they will travel miles and run themselves into all kinds of danger to find out what it is they have been known to follow an emigrant of freight wagon with a white cover several miles and an indian brings them within reach of his arrow by standing in plain view wrapped in his red blanket some hunters flag them by lying down on their back holding one foot as high as possible and swinging it to and fro a piece of bright tin or a mirror answers the same purpose on a clear day Almost any conspicuous or strange-looking object will attract them, but the most convenient as well as the most reliable at all times is the little red flag, such as we employed in this instance. Huffman went to the top of another ridge, to my right and some distance in advance, and Jack crawled into a hollow on the left and well in advance, we three forming a half-circle into which it was our intention if possible to decoy the game when they first discovered our flag they moved rapidly toward it sometimes breaking into a trot but when they had covered half the distance between us and their starting point they began to grow suspicious and stopped they circled around turned back walked a few steps and then paused and looked back at the to them mysterious apparition but they could not resist its magic influence again they turned and came toward it stopped and gazed curiously at it the old buck who led the herd stamped impatiently as if annoyed at being unable to solve the mystery then they walked cautiously toward us again down an incline into a valley which took them out of our sight and out of sight of the flag this of course rendered them still more impatient and when they again came in sight on the next ridge they were running but as soon as their leader caught sight of the flag he stopped as did the others in their turn when they reached the top of the ridge there were seven in the herd two bucks three does and two fawns they were now not more than a hundred yards from me and still less from the other two of our party their position was everything we could wish and though we might possibly have brought them a few yards nearer there was a possibility of their scenting us even across the wind 
which of course we had arranged to have in our favor, and I decided that rather than run the risk of this and the consequent stampede, I would shoot while I had a good chance. It had been arranged that I was to open the ball, so I drew my peep and globe sights down very finely, taking the white breast of the old buck for my bull's-eye and pulled. Huffman's Kennedy and Jack's Carbine paid their compliments to the pretty visitors at almost the same instant, and for about two or three minutes thereafter we fanned them about as vigorously as ever a herd got fanned under similar circumstances. The air was full of leaden missiles. The dry dust raised under and around the fleeing herd as it does when a team trots over a dusty road. Clouds of smoke hung over us, and the distant hills echoed the music of our artillery until the last white rump disappeared in the cottonwoods on the river bank. When the smoke of battle cleared away and we looked over the field, we found that we had not burned our powder in vain. Five of the little fellows, the two bucks and three does, had fallen victims to their curiosity. The two fawns had strangely enough escaped, probably only because they, so much smaller than their parents, were less exposed. The antelope have a curious way of protecting their young when on the open prairie. This is accomplished by placing a ring of sharp pointed cacti about a spot which has been beaten smooth by their hoofs. Inside this ample protection, the animal cares for its young and secures ingress and egress for itself by jumping over the ring of cacti. This serves to protect them from the majority of their foes which inhabit the open country. The antelope does not thrive well in captivity, the older ones soon killing themselves in their attempts to escape. The young, taken soon after their birth, generally die early, unless very special care is bestowed upon them, and even if they survive the juvenile state, they are very likely to die when three or four months old, from pyemic sores or inflammation of the limbs. End of section 17